Okay, if you'd like to turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. This is a well-known portion of Scripture, but I find even the well-known portion of Scripture, whenever you read them back again, you always learn something new. And this is what happened to me recently. I've learned something new, especially with your circumstances, and then you read the Word. That's why it's good to read, read the Word. That's why it's love to sing, I love the Bible. There's no book like the Bible in the whole entire word, the world. So, with just the, the Bible open, we'll say a short prayer, just to ask for God's help. Father, we do love you. We do thank you so much for this day. We thank you for journey mercies for everyone to get here. We thank you, Lord, for this building. We thank you, Lord, we can meet here in peace. And Lord, we just ask you now to come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into this meeting tonight, today. Come, help the word as it is preached. Help it, Lord, to touch every heart as it's touched even my heart. And Lord, that you will get all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Verse 21, Mark 5, verse 21. I'll try and be as quick as I can. Uh, verse 21, now you'll know this story. Everyone, no doubt, even from childhood, will know this story. Uh, Jairus' daughter and the woman who was healed. So verse 21, we'll take a reading from verse 21. Mark 5, verse 21. And the Bible says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, my little girl lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and spent, had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. And when she had heard, when she had heard of uh, Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said, saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and saith the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? 
The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the, of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Amen. May the Lord bless his, his reading today. Um, these, these two stories that, that we've read um, go alongside the two stories before it, which is the story of Jesus calming the storm. This is not the one where Peter walked on the water, but there was a storm. Jesus was on the boat and he calmed the storm. Remember the demoniac of Gadara? He healed him. And now our, our reading breaks in then where Jesus had come back. Remember those people in the land of the Gadarenes, they, they besought him. They, they begged him to leave. What an awful thing. But we read here, even in the parallel passage in Luke 8, um, that they, they, they gladly received him. They were waiting for him. And that's a lovely picture. They were all waiting for the Lord Jesus to get off the boat and the people, it says there was much people. Verse 21 says there was much people. But we notice this man who came um, to him. His name is Jairus. And what do we learn about Jairus? Well, we're told from the scripture he was a ruler of a synagogue. And that would you know, involve planning services or overseeing services or maybe overseeing the work of the building or, or keeping it tidy. Um, so he had, a, he had a good responsibility in the synagogue, and no doubt the Lord Jesus and him maybe met, maybe they met in passing, maybe they spoke, we don't know, we don't read it. But this time, he comes running to the Lord Jesus. He comes to him, he falls down to Jesus' feet. This man, he had a wife, he had a child, we read of that, and that's the reason, this is the reason why the man came because of his child. His circumstances had changed. Now, I want to just flash back, just like whenever you maybe watch a film or something that says 10 years earlier. Let's go back 12 years earlier. Jairus and his wife, they just had a little girl. And you imagine Jairus lifting the little child up, he'd be proud as punch. It actually says in Luke, his only daughter. Do you think he'd be proud as punch? And I know all of you who have children are proud of your children. You just love to see them. I, love, I don't have any children, but I love to see the children coming up to the front. I love to see them taking part. I love to see them quoting the scriptures. And you, you think whenever he's holding this child, and maybe all the friends and family that they, they were in, oh, such joy. It'd be such joy. Across town, someone else is affected, but not the same way. And we'll read a bit more about this lady. This lady discovered she had an issue or a flow of blood. Now, she wasn't full of joy. She was full of sadness. These two people, completely separate, completely apart, and yet we'll see how they both came together. Jairus will fast forward 12 years. Circumstances have changed. And maybe even Jesus would be speaking to him in the, in, in, in the synagogue, even in passing. But now, like I said, he comes to Lord Jesus. What's the first thing he done? 
In the verse 22, he fell at his feet. He fell at his feet. He worshipped. He worshipped him. This man, he's full of pain. He was full of worry. Really, really anxious. Uh, maybe he was beside himself because of his daughter. She was about the point to die. She was so sick, she was going to die. And he was so concerned about her. He, he loved her so much, he didn't want her to go. But he knew, he knew he could sort it. He maybe, he'd always had heard about Jesus. But he was so desperate. He says, but I know there's one person that can heal her. I know there's one. And no doubt whenever he heard Jesus had come back, he bolted as soon as he, he, he could to see Jesus. He down and he worshipped. He knew his place before the Lord Jesus. You know, many people think, oh, they can just go into God's presence and say, look at, look, look at me, God, now I need everything that I need. That's not the way it works. This man, he fell before him. He worshipped him. And whenever we enter into God's presence, we've got to make sure we don't just come on our high horse. We have to just go in really humbly. This man was humble. He had to be humbled. Maybe this was the situation that was going to bring him to Jesus to, to, to really show Jesus' power. But he went before him, he worshipped him, he humbled himself. But he still had a little bit of hope. But he had faith that Jesus could heal her. And, you know, whenever we enter God's presence, let's just be humble. But let's have faith. Let's have faith that Jesus can actually do it. Because actually, there's many situations in the world he's the only person that can. In fact, he's the only person that can save someone. And I know no doubt there's people in here in this congregation, there's many people that are on your hearts, you're burdened for them, they're not saved. I know many people that aren't saved. My heart's burdened for them. But the Master can heal them. The Master is the only one that can do it. You know, he made the move. He could have said to himself, I believe Jesus can heal my daughter. And he could have stayed in his house and nothing would have happened. He had to make that move. He had to put complete trust and he had to go for it. And sometimes we have to go for it. If God says, go and speak to that person. Maybe there's, there's someone on your mind. Maybe you're a little bit shy and you're a little bit scared. A bit like me, to go and to speak to someone. I remember one time, I was really burdened about someone in work. And I loved to speak to them. And I was praying and I was praying and I was praying. And the Lord just opened up the situation. In fact, the Lord initiated the whole conversation and I just had to answer. But, but actually, the Bible does say, and I just answered what I'd learned from the Scriptures and how God can do that. And this man here, he made a move and he fell down at Jesus' feet. How's he feeling? He's anxious. He's, he's, he's really full, full of care. But then notice, Jesus speaks peaceful words. Or maybe he didn't, he didn't speak here, but when Jesus went with him, it says verse 24, and Jesus went with him. Can you imagine the pain he had? And then Jesus, no doubt Jesus maybe nodded or, or maybe he said a wee word, and he started to go with him. You see the two going together? The two of them started to walk together. And that's a bit like us. If we want to see something great, we've got to walk with him. We've got to walk with him. How do we walk with him? We've got to make sure we're right with him. We've got to come humbly. We've got to accept who Jesus is. We've got to accept that he, that he is the only way of salvation, just like we're telling the children. 
that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And only he can do it. And then that's when you start walking with Jesus. Now, is the Christian life always easy? No. And you'll find out that this, this wasn't an easy situation here. It doesn't matter, rich or poor, Jesus will go for anybody. But then, they start walking, and then we come to this, this lady who had the issue of blood. Now, you imagine the whole crowd. Now, I can just picture Jairus. He'd be, he'd be so uh, nearly impatient. I'm sure he was going in front of Jesus trying to get rid of people. Come on, Jesus. And he was trying to shoo them out of the way because there was much people. And he was in such a great need. He wanted Jesus to go there and then. Sometimes Jesus doesn't answer our prayers there and then. Sometimes there's a reason for it. But remember, God's timing is always perfect. But we are human. And sometimes, oh God, just come now. God, come now. I remember I had, a, I had an issue one time in work. And I, it didn't, wasn't sorted in three day, to three days' time. I was praying and praying and praying, and then it just fixed itself. I have no idea how, why. But God was teaching me patience. I'll answer you in my time, and it's the perfect time. It's always the perfect time. But then, to make it all worse, if the crowd wasn't bad enough, and Jesus would have been slowed down with the crowd, this lady comes in, in behind. Now, what do we learn about this lady? Well, she had an issue of blood, or a flow of blood. Now, according to the, to the Jewish law, she was unclean. Now, can you imagine that? That would make, make her really alone. you imagine people looking at her would look down upon her? She was like an outcast. She was unclean. And even Leviticus tells you about that in 15, Leviticus 15. Because she had this issue of blood, she was pronounced unclean. She couldn't touch anyone. She was anybody's presence. She would have felt really lonely. But then, if that wasn't bad enough, she tried everything she could. She tried to go to every doctor, says every physician. She spent all that she had, everything she had, she spent it on trying to get better. Did it help her? No. It didn't help her. I'm sure she had lost hope. I'm sure whenever she's seen herself getting worse and worse and worse and saying, I have no money left, I can't even pay for a doctor to look at me. I'm sure she went down. I'm sure she had lost all hope. And then we read these, wor- these, these words, verse 27. I love these words. And when she had heard of Jesus. When she heard of Jesus. But can you imagine... She couldn't be in contact with people. How did she hear about Jesus? I have no idea. We're not told. But maybe it was the, maybe she was over, uh, over she, maybe she overheard a conversation with people. I remember that happened to me one time in work. I was speaking to a fella about godly things and, and even aliens come up in the conversation. I don't know how it got there, but it did. But we were speaking and just trying to answer as best I could and, I just felt it was going nowhere. And this, this fellow just, this fellow was very respectful, I must say. Very respectful to what I was saying. He just didn't believe a word. And I was going, oh. I, I, I thought I'd failed. To be honest, I thought I'd failed God. But I went away 
and I went over to another man and I was helping him and it was the conversation about that conversation started up and he said to me, you know, it's good to talk about those things, you know. Well, you, you could have floored me with a feller because little did I know, we were talking away. I don't even know if this man, I don't, I don't even believe he's saved. But we were talking away and that wee man over there was listening to every word we, 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 we were saying. Maybe this was happened here. So you don't know who you're talking to or who's watching you. Here's a great challenge for a Christian. You'll be speaking to someone. You think you're getting nowhere. There could be other people listening. And you know what? They, you could say something and it just clicks with their heart. Maybe they've heard something back in the past and all of a sudden it'll go. It'll, God will touch their heart. God's wonderful. God can do anything. Our little work is so small compared to what God can do. But it's very encouraging. But it's just a challenge to behave right, to speak right before people. Because people are watching you. And even the people that you don't see, they're, they're watching you as well. What a great challenge. But you know, that helped that little woman because when she heard of Jesus. And then no doubt, with all this commotion, she was maybe listening. And she heard, Jesus is here. Well, what did she do? She didn't sit in the house. She could have sat there. But do you think of the effort it took her to come to Jesus? Sometimes it takes a lot of effort to come to Jesus. Sometimes there's things in our life maybe are holding us back. But you just got to drop them. Those weights, and you got to just go for it and go and see Jesus. She didn't care what people thought of her. Not one bit. And you think if people had realized who was walking in between them, they would have been horrified. But she walked in, no doubt she hid herself, and she walked in. She says, if I could only touch his, touch his clothes. Such faith she had. I don't need him to speak to me. I just, if I could just touch his clothes, I'd be all right. And that's what she done. She went through the crowd, and she touched him. Now, the interesting thing is, the crowd thronged. You, really, you, know, you read that in the passage, how the crowd thronged Jesus. That means they were actually physically touching him. There was such a crowd. And yet he said, who touched me? And of course the disciples, they, were, they said, well, look at the crowd, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Everybody's touching me. He says, no. He says, virtue or power has gone out of me. And he looked around. And there she was. But interestingly enough, she didn't run away. Isn't that, isn't that a wonderful fact? She didn't run. She could have touched him and then scarpered. She didn't. Jesus looked round, but she came, verse 33, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him. Notice the fell down bit. She humbled herself too. She didn't care who was looking. She didn't care who was going to keep her back. Nothing was going to keep her back from Jesus. But like Jairus, he fell down too. No matter if you're rich or poor, We've got to come the same way. We've got to come, we've got to fall down before the Lord, the Lord Jesus. We've got to believe that he's the only one that can take away sins. That's what he died for. He died on the cross, he shed his precious blood that we might have access, but we've got to ask for it. We've got to come to him. Can't just sit there and do nothing. She came to him. She had nothing left, but she came to him. Maybe she had a bit of hope then. If I could only touch Jesus' clothes. And it's wonderful. She fell down and she told him all the truth. Notice that. Now you think of the onlookers. 
There was much people, remember. And they were looking and looking. Whenever they realized it was her, you can hear the gasps. They'd have been terrified. They'd have been horrified. Look at this woman. She's unclean. She shouldn't even be here. Jesus shows no partiality. In fact, you think Jesus came that way purposely. He was given Jairus an opportunity. He was given this wee lady an opportunity to come to him. Jesus is passing this way. And sometimes we've got to go for it because Jesus could pass away. He's passing this way. And see if you feel your heart being touched. See if you're not saved and you feel your heart being touched. That's God drawing you to himself. He wants you to, to come alongside him. He wants to speak to you. He wants to help you. He wants to save you. And that's great love. Now, back to Jairus. What's Jairus feeling now? Think what he was fe- feeling now. He's trying to push people out of the way, trying to get Jesus there as quick as he could. And then this happens. I know it was me. I'm only a human, but I'd be really impatient. I'd be nearly grabbing Jesus saying, come on, don't worry about her. I know that he knew who she was or, or, or what was wrong with her. Maybe he was thinking, oh, come on. My, my daughter's maybe more important. But everyone's important to the Lord Jesus. And Jesus took time for her. But Jairus would have been so, he may be disappointed. He was maybe frustrated. He was getting more impatient. Oh, can you, can you just imagine him? This would be me. And then, look at verse 35. While he yet spake, there come from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Did he lose hope? He probably felt like losing hope. Because you think of this negative influence that was, that was here. Oh, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the master any longer. There's no point. As if people are saying there's no point. Some people say that to us. There's no point. There's no point. Give up. Stop praying. Stop reading the Bible. There's no point reading that, that, that book. It's not even true. There's no point. There's no point of being saved. Sure, you have to be able to come all good and all. There is a point. This man could have lost hope. And you think, listen to those words. She's dead. And you think, if that was your own children, and you heard that, it would be so terrible. And yet, this is the wonderful, in fact, if I had to pick a text, I would pick this next verse. As soon as Jesus heard the word. See how fast Jesus answered this. Jesus heard this. He knew what he was feeling. He knew what Jairus was feeling. He knew all about him. Maybe Jairus didn't show it, maybe he did. But Jesus knew immediately what he would feel. He knows what we feel. Maybe you can't tell anybody. There are certain situations you can't tell. You can tell him. Because he knows all about it. Sometimes we just got to be like the wee lady. Come honestly. <laughs> just come on, on, honestly before God. He knows it anyway. He said, be not afraid. Only believe. You see the tense that that's in in the original. It's a perfect tense. It means continual. Keep on believing. Don't give up hope, Jairus. Don't. As if he's saying to him, don't Jairus, I'm still with you. You're still with me. Jairus could have just threw the head. 
Sometimes we can throw the head and just leave. He could have just left and just walked away. But he wouldn't have seen the miracle happen. But he stayed with him. Sometimes situations happen in their lives and as if they slow you down, they literally knock you. We had this, this, this passage has touched me personally because we work with, back home with children and, and, and young people and you often hear bad news and you hear them maybe not walking well or maybe they've done something or maybe their home is just completely tapped upside down and it hurts you, it really hurts you. They're not my children but I tell you what, I, I feel it in there and some, next Sunday they don't come in. The following Sunday they're not an either. You're saying, where are they? Where are they? You know what you can do? You can get them before the Lord. And we have at this happened to us so much that we've actually our own prayer meeting now on Wednesday night for the children. Just for the children. Just for children's workers. Just, just for them. To talk over their situations. To pray about them. In fact, then it got worse. And we've seen so many not just coming and we're so defeated about it. And then you get this word, keep on believing. And then to counteract that, my mum and myself, we drive around every home and we pray over it. I'm not saying that to make myself look any better than anybody else. I'm just saying God has put it in our heart to do that because those children need prayer. Those children need help. And you think this negative influence coming in all the time. We could think of these things and go, oh, and be defeated. Keep on believing. Calvin, keep on believing. Keep on believing. That's wonderful. It's never, it's never wasted. You think children are listening. I'll tell you one example. I'll try and be quick. There's this little fella, and he used to come in. He comes from, you would say it was a rougher end of the town or a state, and he used to be really bad. And one night I was sitting in the bus with him and I was trying to teach him a verse. And I said, sure, I'll teach you a verse for God to love the world. He goes, I know that verse. And I says, well, tell it to me then. And he quotes it. He didn't quote it word for word, but I got the just of it. Now, you think that wee, ma- that wee guy misbehaving didn't hear anything? He, le- he heard something. And you know, every week after, he says to me, where's that verse found in the Bible? So I showed him. Every week after... He used to get the wee Bibles in the pews and open them all to John 3.16. You see that wee fella? He came night after night after night. And I could see the change in him. And I got him up sometimes to help with the laptop. And I just loved it. See if it was bad, he didn't help. So he's always trying to be good. Unfortunately, that wee fella's got older now and I haven't seen him for ages. But you know, we still drive around that estate and we're praying. Because keep on believing, Calvin, keep on believing. God will come. One day I believe I'll see him and I'll be saved. And that's only one example. There's many, many examples of those children. They're all outreach children. And people might think they're lost. Hope they're not. Keep on believing. If I could say one thing to you today, keep on believing. Don't give up. You see your children's workers, your, your Sunday school teachers and oversight, keep on believing. You have a great bunch of children here. You keep on believing that those, my vision for our work is those wee kids will stand up there in the front someday. They'll be teaching, they'll be preaching, they'll be singing. I have two like that. They're saved over 10 years now and they're still coming. They're, they're teenagers now and they're up helping with the singing. That does my heart so good. It'll do your heart good too. Keep on believing. You know, Jairus and Jesus kept on walking together and 
What a marvelous thing this was. They walked together. But you know, there was more negative influences whenever they came, came to the house. These people were skeptics. Jesus says, she's not dead, she's sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn. People may laugh at you. Don't become a Christian. Wise up. <laughs> Calm down now. You know, steady on. Or don't be speaking for Jesus. You can just go to, go to church. Sir. Just, just be good, sir. It's okay. No. You know what Jesus done with those people? He put them out. And see those negative influences. Don't let them come into your heart. Don't let, try not let them affect you. Because it can hinder you in the work. You know? It can really stop you. It can really slow you down. But keep on with Jesus. And Jesus went in. He took uh, the wife and, and, and Jairus and the three disciples in with him. And you know what he, he just said? Damn's all right. <laughs> we think sometimes people are are dead in their sins, and they are dead in their sins. They're dead to things of God. We, we, we think those people never be saved. They're just, they're just dead as if it were, spiritually. But you know, Jesus could reach forth, and they're only but sleeping to him, because he can awaken them. You see, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. And it says, lest, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. Hallelujah for the gospel today. It can awaken those people. It can bring back the backsliders. You know, there's many people, maybe you think, oh, they fell away from God. Keep on believing that God will bring them back. There's many people I've heard are sick. You keep on believing. Keep on believing that God will do something through their lives that'll just shock people so, so, so much. The last wee thing, look at verse 42. This is their reaction. They had the reward, you see here. The daughter was raised again. What a marvelous thing. You think... How's Jairus feeling now? So the relief, the joy, the happiness. But I say it shows that they were astonished. Look at verse 42. They were astonished. You see that word is the same word they use in all other places, but it's basically Acts 11 verse 5. And it's the word for trance. So you think they were just standing as if to say, whoa. I pray that one day that you all, and even myself, that's, that's what my, one of my prayers is sometimes. Lord, make me speechless at what you'll do. Just completely knock me, Lord. Make me speechless. And I'm just standing there going, this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in, in our eyes. God can do that. But keep on believing. Keep on with him. Oh, things will happen. Things will come in. Things are really there to, 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 to put us down and to defeat us. You tell the devil to get out. Clear off. We want Jesus. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm going to keep on believing. And then at the end, you'll be like this. Wow. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something that maybe your son or daughter or your family member come in and says, I'm saved? Maybe you think and they'll never be saved. <coughs> Astonishment. That's what God can do. You know, just to close, Jesus brings peace in the storm. Remember the storm? Brings peace in the storm. He brings peace to that demoniac. He brings peace to this wee woman who had lost hope. And he brought peace to the household. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus brings peace. That's a good prayer if you're a Christian here. Pray for the peace of God. Pray for that peace. Whether, you know, whether you're in the storm, maybe you feel you're in the storm. Maybe you feel you're being tormented. Maybe you feel that you've lost hope. Maybe you feel you're, you're worried about your household. Keep on believing. That's what God says. Keep on believing.